Hey everyone, Tommy here, and this is Fighting Words. My friends got tired of hearing me talk about fights, so I did what everyone does. I started a podcast. I'm not a, I'm not an analyst, I'm a fan of the sport, so expect some different takes and breakdowns from a different perspective. But enough about that. Let's talk about the fights. Over the weekend, we had UFC Fight Night, Anderson versus Blackowitz 2. Could this have been any worse of a card? On paper, it should have been a really fun night of fights, but overall, they were just really boring. Except for really the main event. So, let's talk about the main event real quick, which was obviously Corey Anderson versus Jan Blockowitz in a rematch. And last week I said, Blockowitz had to get a KO to win this fight, and that's exactly what he did. He had one way to win, and he did it. He got it in the first round. Anderson kind of leaned to the left, Jan hit him with a hard right, knocked him out, got the win. Like I said, that was really the only thing that he had to do. And it was super impressive, but it really doesn't do a whole lot for me, considering what went down at UFC 248 with Jones versus Reyes. And in the co-main event, we had Diego Sanchez versus Michael Pereira. This was really, really weird. For starters, Sanchez's coach is really like the weirdest thing I've ever heard. Seriously, go back and watch this fight and listen to what he says. He makes zero sense. I get it. Coach is talking code and all that, but this dude is just weird. <laughs> and he's completely changed styles since he changed coaches. He went from an almost reckless pressure fighter to trying to point fight, and it didn't really work here. Pereira was dominating every part of this fight. Nothing Diego was doing was working. And then we get to the third round. It's more of the same. Dominance for Pereira, of course. Until Sanchez gets hit in the head with a knee while Sanchez is a downed opponent. This is where things get really weird. The ref stopped the fight, of course. And Diego asked if he would win... If he says he can't continue. The ref wasn't sure. So they stopped the fight. And asked the commission. Sure enough. Diego Sanchez won by disqualification. A lot of people are complaining about how Sanchez won. Saying Sanchez quit. And all that. Okay. I get that. Yeah. It's weird. But. I mean. Mainly because he was able to continue. The ref. Should have just taken a point away. But. Ultimately. Pereira threw an illegal knee, and there are consequences for that. I don't think people should really be mad at Sanchez for how this turned out. Now, be mad at Sanchez all you want for the three rounds and how poorly he fought and how really just... He was just getting his ass beat. He was just getting wrecked, demolished, whatever. Fine, be mad about that, but don't be mad at the fact that Sanchez won by disqualification. On Sanchez, at least. Be mad at Pereira for that. Because he cost himself that win. So, let's talk about what's next for winners of this. I know Jan Blockowitz called out John Jones. And Jones was there and entertained by the call out. But does anyone really want to see that fight? I certainly don't. And I'd bet that sells no pay-per-views. Does Jan deserve a shot? Sure. I guess, but what's we all deserve Jones versus Reyes too. 
So I'd personally give him the winner of Anthony Smith versus Glover Teixeira because that would also be a really, really fun fight to watch. So, hell, give him that on the same card as Jones versus Reyes. And if something happens to either of them, Jan steps up and fights for a title or interim title or whatever. Who cares? <laughs> and next up, who really knows what's next for Diego Sanchez? I know Rafael Dos Anjos called him out a while ago, and I guess they could do that, but it would be a really rough night for Sanchez, and I don't think he should get a ranked opponent, so who knows? Maybe the UFC cuts him? I don't think so, because Dana is a huge fan of the Ultimate Fighter guys, and, San and Sanchez did win the Ultimate Fighter, but he's kind of looked rough. So, I don't know. Alright, let's jump into the news. And, first story, it figures, as soon as I published last week's episode, Bellator announced a huge fight card. Ryan Bader is returning to light heavyweight to defend his belt against Vadim Nemikov? Who has been on a tear, beating Liam McGeary, Phil Davis, and Rafael Cavallo. And then, Douglas Lima is going to attempt to become the third double champ in Bellator by fighting Gegard Mousasi, which is pretty much a super fight for the vacant middleweight title. I am pumped. I'm pretty sure that this will be a free card on Paramount as well, so it won't be locked behind DAZN's awful platform, so everyone can watch this. I think that this card itself is a really, like just the main event and co-main event, is a really, really good reason to watch Bellator, and I'm I'm for sure in. Next up, Bare Knuckle Box Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship is being sued for 40% ownership. Edward Stewart claims he helped create the idea and invested over 200 grand into Bare Knuckle, and the president David Fellman kind of cut him out. Looks like Bare Knuckles in, a, in for a legal battle, and I'm kind of interested to see how that plays out. Joseph Benavidez says he's not a fan of double champs, and it's something that needs to change. And I 100% get it. And he's right. Cejudo went for bantamweight immediately after beating Dillashaw at flyweight, and hasn't looked back to defend the title. Hell, he went a year of not mentioning the flyweight division and holding up the title picture, until he vacated to let Benavidez get his much-deserved title shot in a couple weeks. So, he has probably been affected by double champ status the most out of anybody, so it makes sense. Next up, Shogun Hua versus Antonio Little Nog Nogueira 3 is booked for UFC 250. Is anyone really clamoring for this fight? No, not really, but I'll watch it. I guess it makes sense since neither guy is anywhere near the title picture. So why not just have a Legends fight to try to stack up the card a little bit? Especially in Brazil, where you have two of the biggest Brazilian names in the history of MMA there. Sure, why not? Valentina Shevchenko is returning at UFC 251 in June to defend her title against Joanne Calderwood. They booked this fight real fast. <laughs> I like this fight because I'm a huge fan of Calderwood, but I don't think it ends well for her. I would just see more dominance from Shevchenko, but I think it's going to be more fun to watch than the Chukagian fight. 
who knows. Next up, Chris Weidman is returning to middleweight to fight Jack Hermanson in the main event of UFC Fight Night Oklahoma City on May 2nd. This is a really tough fight for Weidman. I would have gone for a lower ranked opponent, but it should be fun to watch. If Weidman comes in ready to wrestle and take him to the ground, it's going to be a super interesting matchup, and I'm all for it. Next up, after being told to let the Nate Diaz fight go, it looks like Poirier, Dustin Poirier, excuse me, is planning to return in May. Maybe put him on as the co-main event in the Oklahoma City card? Sure, I'd watch that. <laughs> and probably the biggest story of the week, one of the judges of the James Krause versus Trevin Giles fight, Joe Solis, apparently has a connection to Giles' camp. Solis received his black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu from Gilly's coach, Eric Williams. And what makes this even weirder is he is the only judge who gave Gillis the first round of the fight when Kraus had over four minutes of ground control in a five-minute round. I'm not saying he was out to fix the fight, but I do think there is a huge conflict of interests here. And the fight needs to be overturned to a no contest based on this alone. With this information, it's hard to deny that Kraus wasn't given a fair shot. And that Joe Solis really shouldn't be a referee anymore. If he knew this fight was happening with someone from his background, like he has a coach that's in the fighter's corner, he should have said, hey, I can't ref this fight. I mean, not ref. I can't judge this fight, so I shouldn't be here. If he can't do that, I don't think he should be a judge. Period. And our last story: Canelo Alvarez is interested in a trilogy fight with Triple G in September. Oh, please let this happen. It's a fight that really makes sense, and they already have history with each other, so it's an easy sell. So let's talk about what's happening this weekend in fights. First off, thank you, Boxing Gods. We are getting Wilder vs. Fury 2. We needed this, and I am so hyped for it. If, if you all remember the last time they fought, it ended in a pretty controversial draw after Fury overall outboxed Wilder, but Wilder damn near killed Fury, but he rose from the dead like the damn Undertaker. <laughs> that draw made this fight even bigger than the first one. And again, just like the first one, we are going to see power versus technique. Wilder is the hardest hitting boxer of all time. And Fury is one of the best boxers ever. Also, this is for history. If Fury wins this, he will win the Ring Magazine title twice. And the only other person to do that is the GOAT, Muhammad Ali. So... Here's the thing, I want, I really, 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 really want Wilder to win. He is my favorite boxer in the game right now, but the odds are stacked against him. Fury has phenomenal technique, and it's safe to say he's overall the better boxer. But Wilder has no quit in him and has insane power. So even when he's losing, like in the first fight and both Ortiz fights, you cannot count him out. So, while I'm rooting for Wilder here, I think Fury will get the decision win. But no matter what happens, the fans win this fight because there's no chance it'll be boring. 
like at all because Fury's going to come trying to win Wilder's going to come trying to knock his head off and that clash is just going to be so much fun and on the UFC end we have Paul Felder versus Dan Hooker this matchup has the making to be a really fun brawl Hooker is super good everywhere and Felder has insane striking honestly I'd say Felder has some of the best striking in the lightweight division probably top five in terms of just striking and power so if this fight stays standing and I think it will I'd give the edge to Felder and that's not to say that Paul Felder can't wrestle but Dan Hooker is just a better ground game specialist than than Felder Hooker has a lot more submissions and at Felder has struggled with some ground game at times but I don't think that this fight gets a finish. This has the makings to be fight of the night, and I see it going five rounds in a really close battle, but Felder edging out a decision win. And that's everything for now. Thanks for listening, and you can find the podcast at anchor.fm slash fighting dash words or on all podcast services. On Twitter at fightwordspod, my personal Twitter at nightwing593, you can support the podcast with a monthly donation of $0.99, cents, $4.99, or $9.99 a month that would get you producer credit in the show notes by going to anchor.fm slash fighting words. Until next time, I'm Tommy, and these are Fighting Words. Fighting Words.